Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends and two guys who are looking forward to summertime for, I don't know what reasons, other than maybe jumping into the pool or barbecuing or something, Alan Kaysen and Jim Morrow. How you what's guys that, doing? That? I'm good, man. What's that Will, there Will Smith song? Like, summertime. 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 summertime, summertime. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. I can't oh, get the yes. tune. I appreciate it. Thank don't you. make yes. me slap you. <laughs> oh, Chris Rock. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man, you guys doing well? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm, doing I'm, well. I'm really excited to be with y'all. Um, it is springtime. It's an Easter season. Yes, it is. Um, and it is just great to dwell on the things of God with my brothers and with Amen. our friends. Amen. I'm telling you, one of the most exciting things about what we get to do together with our pot of humans is um, really not just learn about God, but to to live this stuff and find all the resurrection joy that's in it. Amen. I'm Absolutely. feeling that today. Maybe it's the all weather. Right. We got a little breeze going. Maybe yeah. it's because my boys here are wearing blue, like spring know, fresh right. colors. You did um, not get the memo. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And I'm glad. I'm glad we're together today. Amen. Amen. So uh, there's a little bit of a challenge today. Today's um, episode recording. Um, there is a writer's strike going on, and so our yeah. writers did not uh, yeah. get us our stuff. So we're having to really just kind of get this, um, you know, get this. I don't know, just from our minds. So we're sorry for the lower quality today. Yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in fact, in but fact. we are in support of the writers. Uh, <laughs> we are living in an ever-changing culture and world, and. Uh, and uh, things change so fast that uh, we are in support of the writers, and uh, <laughs> That's whatever right. they need, we're there for them. We're there for them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. I want the writers, but Alan uh, is a smart dude. <laughs> Although I will, I will just will correct. We'll, we'll real quick. Well, quickly. Uh, the last writers strike ruined one of my favorite shows, Heroes. Yes. Oh, that's it right. Was, it was going so well. Such a good show. And yes. then the writer's strike happened and yep. it just never got back yep. on to the same. That's right. Um, it was uh, it was a shame. But other than that, I still support the writers and yep. uh, yeah, yep. stick it to the man. And obviously, they need our support because our intro is indicative of the writer's strike. <laughs> that's right. I'm kidding. So, I, I'm kidding. I got nothing. That, that, was the pro- <laughs> that was the problem with the intro was I didn't have a good copy. Is all it was. Oh, that's it. Have a that's good copy. it. Yeah. That's it. All right. Well, so um, we are looking at today. We're continuing our discussion through the um, Faith Once Delivered document from uh, the um, uh, John Wesley Institute, and uh, we're looking at this document. And we're talking. We've been talking about the image of God in the past few episodes, and now we're going to look particularly at Wesley, John Wesley's view of the image of God. And John Wesley lays out for us uh, basically a threefold picture of God of the image of God within uh, humanity: a political, moral moral, and natural. And so we want to see um, what Wesley has to say about this and what this means for who we are, at least from a Wesleyan uh, point of view. And so we're looking at paragraph 72, if you're following along with the Faith Once Delivered, that you can download from uh, nextmethodism.org. And um, uh, Alan, our uh, yeah. illustrious reader, is he illustrious? Yes. Is he boisterous? I don't know. Uh, anyway, our reader uh, will take us, yeah. uh, take us on. I don't, I don't know what those words mean. Um, <laughs> apparently, yes. I don't either. Um, all right. So, remember last episode we talked about the um, what we what we 
the document talks about the ethical um, and the right. essential aspects of the image of God. And right. here, Wesley um, has a sort of a threefold uh, picture um, of the image of God. So um, I think I'm going to go through the 72, 73, and 74. Okay. That's what we're going to do, and that'll get us a good foundation. Okay. Um, Wesley helpfully espoused a threefold picture of the image of God, political, moral, and natural. That incorporates the best of what came before him in the history of interpretation. I think it's a really good line. Like, yeah, it, is, it really yeah. is. Um, this is what Wesley had to work with. So this is what, anyways, it's just really good. Uh, the natural image is understood as the divine gift that makes humanity capable of entering into relationship with God. The fall calls this capacity to be corrupted, yet God's provenient grace has restored in humans the ability to respond to God's gift. 73. The political image enables humanity to lead, manage, or steward God's creation. The use of dominion in Genesis 1.26 to describe the human relation toward creation does not mean enslavement or subjugation, but proper care and stewardship. Thus, um, imaging God's benevolent uh, and responsive love expressed toward creation. Mm -hmm. In 74, the moral image is humanity made for living in God's will in loving relationship with God and others. It is expressed through God's infusing human beings with his love, resulting in humankind's ability to live lives directed or motivated by divine love. This quality of life is expressed in various ways, such as holy living, righteousness, justice, mercy, and truth. This is the dimension that reflects God's Trinitarian love, which humanity can depend on for life itself. This love is present in human affairs through love for God and others, through faithfulness to God's will, a prayerful life, acts of mercy and piety, and so forth. So we've got the natural image, the political image, and the moral image. So, and he would say that, yeah. so he says what, about, about the natural image, that the, the fall causes this capacity to be corrupted. Mm-hmm. That because then you have this political image that is our kind of our our leadership, right? Our our dominion. Um, th- but, but it's not fall, about enslavement or subjugation. Right, that's right. right. But the fall will make it about that in a right. sense. Mm-hmm. It, it, and so then you got the moral, which is living out God's will, loving relationship with God and others. This whole idea of morality, um, issues of righteousness, justice, mercy, and truth. But on the flip side, the fall will corrupt that too, right? Like it'll, um, and how does the fall corrupt that? I think maybe the fall corrupts it by um, not giving us an accurate or or, a real understanding of what morality is, what love is, what righteousness is, what justice is. Um, oh yeah, and, you just yeah. just anything injustice. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, right, itself, right, right. Well, and, yeah, right. and you just have a, a distorted way of living that out. Um, you think about, I'm just thinking about right now, like deep-seated fears that we may not be aware of that we kind of self-protect by avoiding or by lashing out or controlling or all those things. Um, and that is the marring of that moral image because we won't act out of uh, love for God. We won't be imaging that so much for God because we'll be really reflecting a brokenness that's within us because things are fallen. Mm-hmm. So so it's not just it's, it's about the knowing what is right and good. Mm-hmm. But it's also it's also about the the deep capacity 
to actually do it, to believe it, to love it, to desire it. Yes. Um, as well as it is to act properly. One of the things that's always difficult in talking about living the Christian life is managing this fine line between, yes, we should act the way we act, but acting does not save a person. Mm. Um, it's about your heart. You can't, you, it's not about sin management or uh, banking moral behavior in the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. No, I, exactly. And I was... So something that's been, as you were saying that, um, and I was I was thinking through some of this, um, like the the whole idea here of what Jesus does, right, is to restore um, a how, what am I looking for here? Restore a uh, a correct, a right um, understanding, a, a right life, a right. Uh, uh, they restore these images. Right, so they're they're marred. Like I said, let's first of all let's say in the fall, which we haven't really got to the fall yet, so we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Here, oh, well, but, wait, it's, it's all tied up. Don't worry about. People yeah. can read the whole document. No spoilers. Right. <laughs> no spoilers. But the, the the fall, right? The fall, what does the fall do? It doesn't get rid of these the image. It doesn't. We don't lose the image of God within us in the fall. It mars it. It corrupts it. So the image of God stays within us, but it's corrupted through. Where the, the, there's this kind of lack of a better term, a veil, right? This veil between mm-hmm. us and a right understanding of God's image within us, a right living that image out. And Jesus comes in to to fix that. And so, you know, when you look at the natural image, when you look at the political image, the political image being how you care for and how you hold dominion and how you take care of and steward and all steward. of this, yep. you can. You can look to Jesus as that kind of example of what that looks like, or the moral image of righteousness, justice, mercy, truth, love, holy living, all of this. Again, you look to Jesus as the one who is who who's the, the great not, the example, but he's not only an example, we, we are commanded to live like that, to be like Jesus. So I'm saying all this, I'm rambling on here to, 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 to make a, a point. And that point is, in American evangelical Christianity, Ooh. for the last, for the last, I don't know, fifty years. Let's just go he's, since the the middle of the twentieth century. He's going there. He's going uh, there. He's about to get canceled too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I made that joke last episode. I'll, no, I'll you, well, that's go fine. It's still ahead. a good joke. We have we have so watered down the the gospel itself to be this kind of seeker friendly. Um, no commitments, no expectations. Thing, get saved, get wet, and you can, and you're good to go. And there's no expectations on how to live your life. And so you get statements like, um, "I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm just forgiven." Or you get people who say, "Well, um, that was good enough. That was what Jesus could do, but I can't ever do that." Almost like there are these these ideals or these things out there that are unreachable, and yet when you read the Gospels, when you read the New Testament, and and for example, this is what's getting me. And I, I know that um, we are have been preaching on First Peter, and I think you two are preaching on this text this weekend. I preached on it last. Yeah. Week. So anything you say right now will be super beneficial for us <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you go down to a sec, uh, First Peter, First Peter chapter yeah. two, and you go down to uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah, 21, verse, 22. Um, all right, verse uh, 
20. I'll okay. start at verse 20. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good you and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this, this is a key, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you and an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin. And that this is what Peter does. He leaves, okay, here's the steps. Here's what you follow. He committed yep. no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. But he's Jesus. And so he's writing this to the church, right? This is, this is not to pagans. This is not to, in fact, what Peter will say in, earlier in this chapter is he will say, he will say, live such good lives so that the pagans around you even if they hurl insults at you, they may glorify God. So the whole idea here is to be like Jesus, to, to quit making the excuse that, well, I'm not Jesus. I'm just, I'm not perfect. I'm just forgiven. That is an excuse. And I believe those in the early church, Peter, Paul, even the Savior himself would have said, yeah, you're, you're missing the mark here. You're missing what is um, getting at. And so when we look at the images, the natural image, the moral image, the political image, we are to look to Jesus as the, uh, as Hebrew, the author of Hebrews says, the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the, he's the example by which we are to live. He is the standard and we have to live up to that standard by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. So anyway, I know that was a lot of rambling, but that's great. So, yeah. Yeah, and one thing one thing I do want to hold together is is you mentioned it and it's implicit when Peter says Jesus is your example, follow him. He is writing to the church. And so again, I might be beating the same drum here. Um, but you cannot just be like Jesus. People have, you know, there's a little bit of right in there, but yeah. you can because of all of the theology and truth we've been sharing yes. in this document up to this point, Jesus made it possible for the image to be restored and gave us the gift of the Spirit to apply the work of Jesus deep into our lives to empower us then to become Christ-like. And so we set our eyes as the example so that we're taking what the Spirit is giving us and we are responding in the right direction. So again, it's a little bit of a hair's breadth difference, but I think it's a big difference no, it's yeah. an important distinction. So you don't, you cannot simply try to act like Jesus when you won't be able to without the empowerment of the Holy right. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. God has made it possible by the grace of God to do this. And this then is the aim. So yeah. there's there's enough truth in saying, but I'm not Jesus. But the the lie that's implicit on the other end of that is no, but Jesus is is alive in you by the power of the mm. Holy Spirit. So yes. you can. You yes. can. No. Yeah, but so you, let's, you can't let me do just, it by yourself. Let me, let me just preach my sermon uh, for Sunday. Um, so um, it Please. says he never sinned. So follow his notes. steps. Um, you must follow in his steps. And then the next thing is he never sinned. And of course, so somebody's going to say, well, that's Jesus. He never sinned. Oh, I'm already, it's already too late for me. Well, no. If you have Jesus, if you, if you have followed Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit right. in you, yes. which means... Go and sin no more. Yeah, the past is the past, but the future is the future. With the power of the Holy Spirit, he's canceled the power of sin, right? That great line. Um, He's canceled the power of sin. 
so you can go sin no more. That's right. what that's what Jesus does. And so what these guys are saying, they've been saying, is what the Tifod summarizes in paragraph 75. So yeah, let come me, on, bring let, it. Let's go. Let let's me read it. it. Let's bring it on. So Jesus Christ manifests all three dimensions of the image. And this is the basis for humanity's hope to embody God's image. Christ is the revelation of God's natural image in his mm. constant communion with the Father. He embodied the political image by preaching God's alternative kingdom within the context of the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. He is the revelation of God's moral image, incarnating God's love and obedience to God. As Wesley says, Christ is the image of God. Hence, also, we may understand how great is the glory of Christ. He that sees the Son sees the Father in the face of Christ. The Son exactly exhibits the Father to us. There it is. So, so let, let let me ask this question, and this is I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate this question to a, a, our friend and our brother, a fellow uh, Spirit and Truth podcaster, Tony Miltenberger. Tony, Tony, we love you, brother. Uh, this question is in, is is dedicated to you because this is this would be your question. I can hear it already. So what? Yeah. Uh, that that's that's Tony's question, right? So what? So how is this practical, right? Like how how is this practical, and what? practical ways um, does the moral image um, looking at and seeing the fullness of the moral the, the seeing the fullness of the image of God in Christ be it moral political or natural how does that affect us as followers of Jesus how does the Holy Spirit actually change us and empower us to be like Christ to be Christ in the world what what are some practical things that change I've got two answers do y'all want to take some first go ahead. Um, go ahead lead us off all right two answers the first is it offers us a corrective by definition. So to say we're made in the image of God can falsely lead us to think mm. that something that there that everything is great, one that we reflect God as such that we could actually overpower, um, that we could create our morality, um, that we could um, our actions in the world are right and good because we are made in the image. So understanding what it means to be in the image of God helps break down that level of idolatry so that we can actually be restored. So that's number one. Number two, um, having a framework like Wesley offers us to be made in the image of God involves the political area, the natural area, and the moral area. Of course, you can find other frameworks too. Um, But it helps me to say, if I'm doing examining my heart or I'm trying to um, live more intentionally in union with God. What I might be able to do is I might be able to take this piece by piece and do an examine, invite the Holy Spirit, say, I'm going to examine my life today according to, um, what does my life look like according to reflecting the natural image, the political image, and the moral image of God? And that gives me, um, in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, places to celebrate and places where I can hone in on where I could grow. For example, if I'm getting into the political image and I'm assessing that, I might say, you know, I may not be stewarding some things well. Right. Oh, it might be this relationship. It might be a coworker. It might be my money. It might, it might be um, something else that I, or maybe I'm not stepping in to offer godly loving leadership in an area. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a two ways. One, it offers us a corrective, to open the door to the real transformation, and two, 
but, but this framework could actually, we could sit down and use it to let the spirit guide us into specific ways mm-hmm. that we can seek growth and support. Um, I think that's great. Yes. And, um, oh, it, it is great. I think, I think that's great. <laughs> um, Hey, let's do this. I want to do something a little bit different with this episode. I think, um, just kind of little, um, backyard baseball. I don't even know what that means. I don't uh, behind, Sandlot. I don't know. <laughs> uh, inside baseball. That's what I was trying to say. Inside yes. baseball. Um, by the way, can I just digress for just a second here? Um, I was on Twitter the other day, as one does when they want to waste time and, yeah. and figure it, you know, all that. And um, say what, you know, I know there's a lot of opinions, probably some very correct opinions about a former president, George W. Bush, and uh, think, you know, Iraq War and all this kind of stuff. But, 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 I'm a big baseball fan. Love baseball. It's my favorite sport. That's uh, mine. Um, and um, this week, uh, I saw a, a, re, a video. It was um, a remembrance video of, um, it was right after 9-11, and um, George W. Bush, president, goes to Yankee Stadium. It's like the first baseball games being played after 9-11. Yeah. And y'all, I mean, he goes up there and throws a strike from top of the mound. And my only reaction to that was, man, that's just baseball. <laughs> I mean, it's just the feeling, the euphoria. I was just like, golly, that's baseball. Only Anyway, so inside, that's that's. That has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to share that. That was free content. And if you like more content like that, we'll start putting it behind our paywall that we'll develop as soon as you (laughs) tell us you're going to support our Patreon. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, um, my goodness. Do something a little different. So um, uh, both, all three of us, real busy, got an end of the school year, uh, all all kinds of things going on. So why don't we, because of uh, schedules and stuff, why don't we cut short today? Why don't we why don't we stop this episode and then come back as kind of a little part two? But what I want to do on the part two is this: one of the major uh, things that comes out of Wesley's understanding of the image of God is there was a very practical thing that happened in England, and that would uh, flow over into even the United States a little bit later, and that was the end of slavery, um, the end of the Atlantic slave trade in England. Directly, I, I mean, uh, there was a lot of political forces. There was a lot, but the Wesleyan revival was very instrumental in the end of the Atlantic slave trade in the uh, British Empire. And so, I want I want us to talk about that story. Um, I want to talk about that story. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to pause. We're going to pause this episode, and we're going to do part two. But it's going to be a practical part two, and we're going to tell the story of. The um, of the end of the Wesleyan slave of the Wesleyan of the end of the Atlantic slave trade because of the Wesleyan revival, not the Wesleyan not, slave yeah, trade. Yeah. No, not the Wesleyan, the Atlantic slave this trade. Is the other history book. Yes, um, and um, that I think that brings to light um, what we've been talking about here. So, um, cliffhanger. Tune in next time um, as we uh, continue this discussion on uh, Wesley's uh, idea of the image of God. Um, We'll talk to y'all later.